This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. All right, everyone, Billy Carson here, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge, a pop-up podcast for you tonight, a very special podcast with a very, very special friend of mine, someone that I've uh, known for quite some time. And tonight we're going to be talking about UFOs and Stargates and Portals and her brand-new movie, A Tear in the Sky. And let me introduce first, uh, my friend's name is Caroline Corey. She's an award-winning filmmaker, executive producer, and founder of Omnium Media. As a child and throughout her life, Corey had numerous ESP and precognition experiences, which led her to become deeply connected to existential topics and the study of consciousness and the mechanics of the universe. In 2010, Corey founded Omnium Media, Omnium Media, an entertainment and media platform which tackles thought-provoking topics on the human condition and the nature of reality. In addition to writing and producing, Corey continues to lecture and coach internationally on various mind over matter subjects and appears regularly as guests as an expert guest on supernatural phenomena at major conferences and television shows, including such popular series as The Unexplained with William Shatner and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. So welcome to the show, Caroline. Hey, Billy. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yes, it's been... Um, the last time I saw you, I think, was at the Conscious Life Expo, possibly in uh, two, last year, maybe, 2021? No, it was this year. <laughs> okay, oh, you know, with, this, with that global sickness that happened, that you kind of thought, we thought, we were in such a groove of traveling and going and speaking in places until that thing happened, so it kind of threw me off. So it was this year, but the first time I met you, I think, was about three or four years ago at another conference in Detroit. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it because we always end up at those conferences and sometimes on panels together yeah. and you always blow me away. I always, uh, you know, <laughs> like when you talk, I'm, I'm always thinking, oh my God, he's so eloquent and he knows so much. And I just like, I'm so intrigued oh, by wow. your work. Yeah. I, you. So that's why I love coming together doing yeah. this with you because I know, you know, how, where you come from. So this is awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I was really kind of blown away by you the first time I met you. I remember you were talking about doing, you know, you were, you were doing a film at the time. You were just, I guess, still in the writing stages. And I think you had heard something that I said at the conference on the panel where I was talking about supersymmetry and the nature of reality 
uh, having to do with being, you know, uh, theoretical physicists kind of quantifying it down to error correcting codes that are used in search engines and browsers. And um, and that's when you kind of, you know, we, you connected with me and we talked a little bit, but you were talking about doing this film. And what was the name of that film at that time? I think at the time it was Superhuman, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I've been just popping on these films one after the other. Yeah. I think at the time, yeah, it was either Among Us or uh, or Superhuman, The Invisible yeah. Made Visible. So, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was so intrigued because it was very similar in the sense that I always perceive patterns in the mm. universe and uh, yeah mathematics behind the fabric of space time and things mm -hmm. like that and so when i heard you talk about this i was like oh yes <laughs> you know because i mean if we understand those mechanics a yeah. lot of things start to make sense yes. you know it's like uh you know from what we think is like telepathy and mm -hmm. those type esp and things like that all the yeah. way to ufos you know right. absolutely so, yeah. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, I, I, I understand from your bio how you kind of got into this, but really what truthfully got you into wanting to cr become a, a producer and a writer and, you know, produce these type of documentaries and films? Yeah. So I, so it started out at a very young age. I was five years old and I had this experience where mm -hmm. all of a sudden I kind of perceived these beings Um they just kind of show, it was like light. And I realized that we were communicating some sort mm -hmm. of, um, you know, telepathic something. And what, but what happened at the age of five is I realized that I was uh, literally tapping into consciousness codes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so the way they were communicating, obviously, it wasn't in English or French or whatever. It was kind of codes and patterns. Mm -hmm. And so, so then I was like, of course, I'm five years old, right? So I'm thinking, uh, oh, you know, like that's normal. Everybody does that. I wasn't <laughs> anything special. But it was later yeah. that I realized that, wait a minute, that's not everybody's doing that. <laughs> so, right. so it got me interested in the mechanics of consciousness, like how is it possible that your consciousness is tapping into information or beings or anything mm -hmm. that you can't see? Yeah. So it's like, where is it going? <laughs> you know? Right. And so, uh, so, you know, I spent like 20 years, you know, um, mm -hmm. not just researching, but, uh, but creating my own methodology mm. for, um, you know, for meditation, tapping into, you know, expanding consciousness and things like that and yeah. getting more and more and more validation, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, like I, I would, Teach, I would know something before it happened. I would see yeah. things that nobody told me about, things like that. And mm -hmm. uh, what happened was uh, teaching, you know, for so long, meeting so many people, um, mm -hmm. um, kind of having this type of validation over and over. You start to think like, wait a minute, this we're not crazy. There is something there. Exactly. And so I wanted to bring kind of more credibility to the phenomenon that people still call paranormal, but in fact, it's all normal. So I started working with scientists and doing all sorts of experiments. And so, and so when, when these, you know, when we would do an experiment and 
under laboratory conditions mm -hmm. and prove and demonstrate and measure that your consciousness had an effect, that your consciousness was entangled, mm -hmm. you know, with information, then I was like, we need to be making films. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's like we need to tell the world, and not everybody wants to read books and you know do this sort of, sort of work. So yeah. the best thing was to use film as a mode of communicating this mm -hmm. type of information to the general public. Yeah, yeah, and that you have done. You've done. You know what I like about your research is very similar to like the way that I work. I really believe in trying to back the unseen with science. And yeah. by that method, people, it becomes, first of all, it becomes more believable because yeah. people can understand the underworkings, what's going on beyond the veil. Because I think a lot of the things that happen in, in these uh, phenomenons and, and the you know, UFO sightings and everything else and spiritual uh, gifts, it kind of seems woo-woo to some people. But when you can bring science and, and, and research and actual experiments like you do, all of a sudden, some of these things begin, begin to become more realistic and understandable and believable. Exactly. And that was exactly the purpose. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, you know, because there's a lot of people who tell us, oh, you know, your mind create and, you know, you can receive information and downloads. Yeah. So, I mean, this is everywhere by yeah. now. Yeah. But, but how? You know, nobody yeah. tells us how and nobody shows us how. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's what I tried to do in my films, you know, first, you know, the one before this one is superhuman. And yeah. then uh, now with the UFO topic, which is very, very timely, as you all know, yeah. um, you know, so, um, you know, I wanted to do the same. Is it possible to bring measurability to mm. the topic, you know, to validate the topic? And that's kind of what I did with it here in the sky. Yeah. Phenomenal. And I want to tell you also that you really influenced me um, to, you know, to produce movies and to produce documentaries. It was really after I met you and watching the doc, the first documentary that I saw of your, your work, it really truly inspired me to want to do the same thing. Wow. Uh, I didn't know that. This so is awesome. Actually, yeah. You actually <laughs> inspired me to work on the Black Knight Satellite documentary. That's when I got the inspiration. That's exactly when I when I started. I said, man, I got to I love what she's doing and I want to be able to do the same thing. Amazing. Thanks yeah. for saying yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, because then we're not just talking, you know, I mean, we reach the people who want to do the studies and things like that. Mm -hmm. But film can go very far. A lot of people, in fact, yeah. superhuman, uh, yeah. you know, I would I get all kinds of messages you know on my social mm -hmm. media and emails from random people wow not necessarily people who you know follow my work or this type of work yeah. uh you know i'm talking uh judges uh mayors mm -hmm. lawyers you know i mean police yeah. officers you know random people who never heard of me before mm -hmm. and they would see the film and they would text email me and say <laughs> This film totally opened my eyes and yeah. I realized that I could do these things or that I did these things when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, was incredible. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to, you know. And so the film is definitely, uh, yeah. the film format definitely works. Yeah, phenomenal job. 
And, you know, what I've seen is that, you know, a lot of your work has gotten recognized and been awarded. You have about 18 awards now. Yes. Okay. and counting. Wow. So um, what I like about this, these are film festivals. What I like about this is these are, um, you know, mainstream festivals. Mm-hmm. These aren't people into UFOs or into supernatural anything. So mm-hmm. they are judging the film from a storytelling perspective, from a production perspective, like, does it make sense? You know, it doesn't matter what the topic is, you still have to deliver it in a logical, you know, way um, to make a point. And so, so that's, that's what they're judging. And so the fact that I got so many awards is very flattering because because I'm literally convincing the that public, the mainstream mm-hmm. public, about a topic that normally would be totally woo-woo or crazy. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. you know, so that's why I'm so, so excited about mm-hmm. this. So right now, actually, this weekend, it's showing its screening in London. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, at the Sci-Fi uh, Film Festival in London. Wow. Um, in a couple of weeks in L.A., um, and then in, in August also at LA Live. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's just, uh, that part is, I mean, is a kind of validation that as a film, as a story, we mm-hmm. are getting the message across. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal job. You know, looking at the, you know, I was looking at the screening you sent me and watching it and just my mind was going boom, you know what I'm saying? Because the amount of, uh, great researchers, the facts, the people that experienced it hands on, um, you know, the scientists and everything else. He just really did a phenomenal job of putting this whole movie together. The movie is called A Tear in the Sky. And you can see it on the screen here, everyone. So a tear in the sky dot com. Make sure you go and check it out. OK, because it's really uh, an amazing film. You can get it on Amazon Prime if I'm correct. Right. Yeah, Amazon, iTunes, but uh, probably the best thing is for people to go to the website, etherandthesky.com, and then they'll see all the platforms, you know, right there. Um, So you see where it says, this is from the website, actually, where it says watch now, they'll see all the different platforms. But, you know, Amazon is is a good one, because then they can write a review. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. But that's great. So they can watch it right from the website. Uh, no, no, no. They have oh. to. The the website it just gives them the information where oh. they can watch okay. it. Yeah, where yeah. they can watch it. Okay, and then they can right. click from there on all the platforms. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I know. And um, and at the towards the beginning of the film, I don't want to give any spoilers out here. So if I'm going too far, you gotta let me know. But there's something that I I saw one of the uh, former Navy officers talking about something falling to the ocean. Yes. And I was thinking, wow, could this be similar to maybe like the what happened in uh, the Nazi era with the Foo Fighters when, uh, you know, I guess uh, we went down here to Antarctica to try to figure out what the Nazis were doing. And our our craft, our aircraft got and our, and our Navy vessels also got attacked by these things that were kind of flying around. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you about that incident, but that was fascinating what we were able to capture uh, on camera in the film. You know, people who are into UFOs, uh, what they're going to get out of this film is not the 
typical footage. You know, yeah. I mean, there is like a couple of orbs and things like that. But mm -hmm. then there are there's footage like the one you're mentioning that yeah. I don't haven't seen anywhere uh, because we were using these FLIR cameras, which is advanced infrared. So mm -hmm. it's these are specialized cameras. In other words, you couldn't see it with the naked eye. Yeah. And so, so we were able to capture these types of things, like you were saying, literally raining down and falling in the water. And in fact, mm -hmm. if you look carefully at that, at that clip, you'll mm -hmm. see that it, when they hit the water, it kind of illuminates the water. Yeah. And, and some of it like kind of comes back up, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're trying to figure out, okay. So is that like what you were saying about Kevin Day and the USS Nimitz, those Navy yeah. guys? Yeah. He was saying these things were raining down. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's incredible. It's a, a similar account that happened, you know, uh, you know, a long time ago when we went to Antarctica to try to find out what the Nazis were doing in Antarctica. It's not the same exact story, but it's similar. You know, these objects flying up and down the air and affecting the electronics in the aircraft and also in some way attacking um uh, wow! You know, I mean, it's just very strange. Yeah, really mm. incredible. Did any? Do we have any sort of footage on that or anything? I've never seen anything like it. Admiral Byrd uh, made a statement that we have a new enemy, that one that can fly from pole to pole, and oh. uh, you know, and he made a he turned turned tail, and he uh, some of the navy ships were damaged and went back. But um, I don't think those were controlled by aliens. I think those were controlled <laughs> by by humans. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's some sort of technology that allows these things to fall down so quickly. I, I mm -hmm. mean, I have my own theory, you know, yeah. but uh, but that's what's so exciting in this film, A Tear in the Sky, is that we're able to capture on camera these things that, you know, could they be connected to this, to yeah. this story or that story? It's kind of like one piece of the puzzle, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. that uh, and that's exactly what I think we need is more and more of these pieces in the puzzle. But like as real data, not just the story right. or, you know, we, we want to actually see what's possible. And I think that's what the film does. It's kind yeah. of bring that data on across not just uh, film, but so many devices, as you saw in the film. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's interesting is the fact that, you know, a lot of people are always talking about there's no evidence, there's no, there's no data, there's nothing. But you went and got the evidence, you went and got the data and you've put it into a production where people can actually sit down and watch it. I mean, it's there now for everyone to see in plain sight. This information that you've gathered and this this video data is real. That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. And and just for people to know. Uh, so we went about it in a very scientific way. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, we, you know, as a filmmaker, the, when you want to make a movie, the first thing you do is you look around and see, okay, what else is out there on the topic so that you don't copy, you add, you know, or you yeah. find out. And so I was shocked. I, I mean, I was like, wait, like nobody, <laughs> nobody did any sort of scientific, of course we know Heineck, uh, but he investigated an event that happened. No yeah. one had done what we did in this mm -hmm. film which yeah. is set up a huge expedition mm -hmm. with all sorts of devices. We literally were across the spectrum of physics. I mean, yeah. from optical to, you know, to infrared, to mm -hmm. night vision, yeah. uh, to uh, spectrum analyzers, to mm -hmm. radiation detectors, to magnetometers. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, you had everything. 
Yeah. And then what we wanted to do is do it in real time mm-hmm. to capture data. Because then, like, if we had a bunch of scientists analyzing something that already happened, I mean, we don't know where this data came from, or you know, and also we don't have enough data of the events. So, Mm -hmm. for example, what we try to do is achieve triangulation, meaning uh, different angles, and you Mm -hmm. know, and the radiation is doing this while the optical is doing that. You know, that's that's a real scientific investigation, and so so um, that's why I mean. I was shocked. I was yeah. hoping I was hoping for like one <laughs> one incredible thing to happen. Yeah, I would be yeah. happy as a filmmaker. Yeah. Then it was like, oh my God. It it was, like- there was so much stuff going on. I was scratching my head like, man, this is a gold mine of information now. Yeah. A gold mine of sightings, a gold mine of actual recorded footage, high quality recorded footage that people always say, Well, where's the footage? Well, we you have the footage now. Yes. And especially that last thing, well, won't spoil the, spoil the surprise right now, but yeah. the tear in the sky, I, we have to talk a little bit about that because yeah. it's crazy what this film is doing, mm-hmm. but like just for just, I mean, to, you know, talk about the, the amount of data. So yeah. we were there for five days, right? So yeah. we ended up, uh, we came out, of course, the people will see the data that's in the film, which is, you know, orbs, things appearing, tilting, disappearing, things registering cold, you know, things raining down, things, I mean, yeah. very incredible things in five days, five right. days. We're civilians, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. With equipment ranging from, you know, the typical stuff all the way to military grade things, you know, we yeah. did have that big setup. But if in five days we collected so much data and we have hundreds of hours of data still, you know, that they're going through, the scientists are going through, don't tell me that the government doesn't have anything. Oh, listen, if you were able to do that in five days and they've been working on this, they've been researching this for decades. (laughs) Yes. Did you see the congressional hearing? Yes. So the congressional hearing. So they're saying these are the type of images we have, and I'm I'm looking at this footage. I'm like, what are we looking at? We don't like, and yeah. and I'm like, in in the film, I mean, you see clear, clear, clear. things. You yeah. know, things popping in the frame, tilting. Mm-hmm. You know, disappearing, appearing. Right. You know, uh, I mean, it's uh, changing direction. Such- yeah. Yeah, changing direction, all sorts of crazy anomalous yeah. events. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so so I think one thing that this film does is mm-hmm. proof that there is data that is collectible. I mean, like I said, some of it is, uh, you can't see it the, um, with the naked eye just because it's in the infrared. But if you have the technology, if you have the equipment, Anybody yeah. can collect this. So it's like it blows my mind when, mm-hmm. you know, they're showing right. us this little thing. And I'm like, what are we looking at? I can't even tell. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I'm very excited about with this film. And I'm yeah, hoping yeah, it will yeah. push them, you know. Well, you know, it, it puts more pressure because all of a sudden we have, thankfully, technology has been released to us enough that we can we can get access to it like you did. You can put together a team like you did. And we can utilize civilian approved technologies to scan the skies and find these things and start identifying them. So eventually, but what you've done, taking this first huge step, when other people come behind you and you continue also more on your investigation and research, eventually the government is going to be 
it's going to be an embarrassment of riches for them because <laughs> I know. You know what are they going to do? Like we got this little black dot. We couldn't, you know, but you're coming with this. You're coming. All these people are coming up with this high quality, verifiable content. Right. And, uh, and, and what do they have? You know, a blip on a radar screen. Yeah. Which is what, I mean, and then they go behind, you know, the closed doors. I'm sure they all, they're showing all the good stuff, but, but I'm just saying like, I'm hoping that this film will pressure more mm-hmm. for the truth to come out because come on, you know, yeah. I mean, so yeah. people will see that that for themselves when they see the film mm-hmm. and it's, Especially, I mean, we're not going to spoil too much of the surprise, but yeah. especially with that thing at the end, that tear. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so basically, you know, people should watch it also to kind of see how it all unfolds. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. part of the adventure. Yeah. But basically what we recorded is some sort of opening and mm-hmm. closing and then objects, you know, actual reflective objects mm-hmm. uh, coming out of it. So, yeah. uh and then all the details, you know, people will will see it in the in the film. But yeah. so what? I, the reason why I'm I'm want to bring this up. First of all, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's like hello. Um, but um, you know, we had hardcore scientists working on the film. Yes. These aren't the scientists who, uh, you know, are into you know whatever. Uh, so I mean, so in other words, they were very nuts and bolts. They wanted to do things by the book. We only want to talk about measurable things, sure yeah. thing, you know. So in a way, it was good because yeah. that's that you know that's the angle of the film as well to bring mm-hmm. that sort of um, credentials and credibility. But uh, what happened was other scientists are now watching it oh, and yeah. they're contacting me, and I'm like, I'm waiting for one of them to say. Oh, we know what this is. We observe blah, 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 something, you know, this we've seen before, Mm. or you can't call it a wormhole because um, something like that. I'm still waiting for that phone call because uh, up until now, it's, I think we stumbled on on something huge. You stumbled on something amazing and massive. Okay. (laughs) You know, I was looking into NASA's, uh, you know, theory about uh, portals and stargates. And they did discover recently that there are something called X points, which are around the earth, around the magnetic ley lines that appear and crisscross around the exterior of the planet out in low earth orbit. And they create these intersecting portals that open up and then create these straight paths, right? Like to the sun and to the moon and even deeper into space. Are you Um, kidding me? I no, talk about, I've been talking about this for 20 years. Yeah. The, the yeah. Planetary, did you see my planetary grid thing? I, I didn't see that one. Yeah, no. What, what is, this an, is this a new thing from NASA? Yeah, this happened about maybe two years ago, I believe it was. Press release came out about X points. Yeah. And so these X points prove that portals open and close every single day in random locations right around the upper atmosphere and slightly beyond the Earth. Yeah. And, and make these pathways. Oh my God, you made my day. I think I came across this a long time ago and I totally forgot. I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but now I'm like, you just made my day because I've been talking about uh, a patterning of space-time itself around the planet and underneath also our, our feet. So it's not just ley lines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all around. It's basically a network of, yeah. I call them zero points. They call mm-hmm. them X points. 
I call them zero points, which are basically these intersecting lines. Uh, like if you have a geometry, it's the vertex point, you know, okay. yeah. of these lines. The it, Basically, it's the patterning of space itself. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly at these juncture points where you can be outside time space, where you can yeah. warp uh, the fabric of space time, bend light, you know, do all sorts of things. And this is exactly the pathway to another star, planet, uh, and so on and so forth, which mm. is used by the extraterrestrial. They, bing, you can just like yeah. boom, appear there. Right. You're not like pushing, you know, some propulsion system, you right. know, <laughs> like like yeah. in a straight line, you know. So, so that's fascinating that that mm. they you know talk about this. Yeah, it's amazing. Look up X points. It's an amazing topic. And there's a lot of science data on it, a lot of science data. So I'm wondering if, you know, you're, you know, a tear in the sky. I'm wondering if these beings have figured out how to access these X points. And these are their jump points between here and wherever. I, to I, I That's what I'm saying. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because because it just kind of opened and closes. And, and then, like I said, we see some sort of the what the radar picks mm -hmm. up actual objects it's not radiation it's not light it's not like you know because people would when they look at it or in the trailer you know mm -hmm. they say oh maybe this is like some you're seeing the stars no no we're not seeing the star right, you know right, because, right. because we have other data that picks up the information and mm -hmm. and it's radar the radar picks up doesn't pick up radiation or light picks up yeah. objects right. and so so that's why I, I'm pretty sure, uh, I mean, you know, uh, that's what we're working on now. You know, yeah. if this yeah. is one of these X points, which I feel it is, yeah. um, you know, where are the other X points? Yeah. How do they function? How do they yeah. function? Right. What else can they allow to, you know, so, mm -hmm. so this is, this is the beginning of something huge. Yeah, this could be huge yeah. because... If X points exist around Earth because of this magnetic field, what about all the trillions and Googles of magnetic fields that exist throughout the entire universe? And the, could they all have X points? And maybe somebody has mapped out a grid of these X points and they can just jump from place to place like that. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that is the technology, the real technology. I mean, it, I feel we're, it's so ridiculous to think that we're going to get to, you know, Mars in 68 years and, yeah. and the next planet is like 300 years. And it's like, what's the point? Like, you'll be dead. Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And so yeah. I totally believe that that is exactly what is happening. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. fact, I have an animation of that grid in my last film, Among Us, mm -hmm. uh, if people want to check it out. And oh, oh on my YouTube channel, um, I, okay. if they go to my YouTube channel yeah. and uh, just search planetary grid, mm. they'll see that grid. Um, and then I have the algorithm which works on uh, Google Earth. Okay. And so you'll see that these points, uh, this, it's a grid within a grid within a grid. Mm. And um, where did you say, you said the upper atmosphere? I see yeah. the boundary about five to 7,000 miles above the surface of the earth, mm. which is between the two Van Allen belts. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah. And then this grid right. is part of a larger grid and a yeah. lar larger grid. And that, and wow. all these points are all in resonance. Yeah. And that's how you can be between this galaxy and another galaxy instantaneously. Boom. Just like that. Yeah. 
yeah, you're you're not like here, you know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, come yeah. on, really, really. So amazing. Yeah, I noticed that you put together a really incredible, sharp team, the UAPX team. Yeah, I didn't put it together. So oh, what okay. happened? Yeah, no, no. So what happened was uh, originally, as I said, I usually work with a lot of scientists. Yeah. So I was going to put a team of scientists together from scratch, mm -hmm. and then I stumbled on Kevin Day. Kevin Day was the radar, for those who don't know, the radar guy on the USS Nimitz, USS Princeton in 2004. So he was the first one who detected the Tic Tac video yeah. um, at the time. So I stumbled on him on the internet mm -hmm. and I saw, his, so I spoke with him. He's amazing. I love him. And he said that he actually has been wanting, I told him I want to do a scientific expedition to go out, yeah. you know, and he said, well, I put a team to, I already have a couple of scientists. That's exactly what I've been wanting to do. Wow. And I already have a couple of scientists <laughs> on my team. And I have this, we have David Mason. You have to talk to David Mason. He's incredible. Yeah. And we have all this equipment and this and that. And so I thought, oh, well, instead of putting a team from scratch. Now, mm -hmm. they had never done it before. It was just kind of. Oh. planning and hoping to do it yeah. someday and here comes caroline and she's like okay well i'm making a film do you guys want to do your expedition yeah let's, let's do it together and so that's kind of how the team came about okay uh, yeah but uh continuing i mean we have different plan we learned because this had never been done before yeah never anywhere so we learned so much i mean mm -hmm. We already had very, very sophisticated equipment, mm. and uh, but you know, you know, we ran into so many logistical problems, and I mean, it was a huge amount of work. And you saw the yeah. production quality. I mean, incredible. We had like we were yeah. working. You know, there was like ten cameras in all these locations running at the same time. You know, it's like yeah. huge yeah. amount of work. So we learned how we should do it next time, which equipment mm. we keep which equipment wasn't mm -hmm. as helpful and we're yeah. gonna so so that's kind of the next team will be slightly different gotcha yeah. well i'll tell you just from now myself being an executive producer on films i know how the cost of these things is is out there people have no idea you know this stuff costs a lot of money uh you know and so when you have when you bring in a team like you did with that amount of technology and that amount of cameras to get all those incredible angles that you got. I mean, uh, listen, guys, you got to go watch this film. She put a lot of blood, sweat, tears and finances. Trust me. I know from the back end, a lot of finances went into making this film. You got to go watch it. You know, it, it's a lot of work and people tend to, you know, maybe because they don't know, they'll take it for granted that a lot of these films and shows don't cost any money. The budgets are small. These budgets go up into the millions, okay? Into yes. the millions. And so people need to understand and respect that. You know, I have a, a new level of respect for that now that I've been doing the same thing. So uh, please, everyone, go watch this film, A Tear in the Sky. I'm telling you, you're not going to be sorry. This film is like mine. The things that you're going to see in this film is going to blow your mind. And it's not Photoshopped. It's not CGI. It's all captured in, on real footage. All the data is real. The scientists are real scientists that could that can lose their careers 
for playing around with stuff like this, you know? So just incredible. Yes, exactly. And and I'm glad you reminded people that, that um, these scientists, I mean, we went, we were going, we were doing um, Zoom calls and hundreds of emails back and forth to make sure that what we were saying was scientifically correct or, you know, and, and none of the footage is tampered with. It is whatever we captured is in the film. And so, uh, especially, you know, being very hardcore scientists, they were very nervous about their reputation. And so I really went, I mean, I don't know what producer would do that or network would do that, but we, I went the extra mile to make yeah. sure we're saying it correctly and it stays very scientific. So it, and, and with that, like you were saying, yeah, it was a huge production because I like to um, keep the quality uh, of the filming as well as I like the cinematic, um, but also, you know, we were so lucky we we're filming with very high quality equipment. We had yeah. red cameras available to us ooh, and ooh. Uh, yes, we had four Four, we used four. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people, you know, uh, yeah. very high end uh, quality stuff, and I think uh, it paid off because you know that's where all the uh, the festivals, you know, kind of mm-hmm. recognize that sort of yeah. thing too. Um, but also to show that you know this is real work. In other words, I you know it's a real discovery i mean what we did so i wanted to present it in the best way possible from Mm -hmm. all aspects you know yeah and so um yeah yeah thank you for saying this i uh yeah i'm very proud that uh, it came out the way it did um Mm -hmm. uh, you know not only the content which again most people will see things they've never seen before they have not been published anywhere yeah. youtube or otherwise <laughs> right. you know and uh and the implications of what we found are tremendous so you know i also i'm very open to people who will watch the film who are scientists astronomers or you know just however you can contribute to the yeah. conversation because you will see once you watch the film that you know i very much think billy wow i mean now it's just like the fact that you just mentioned this x points i mean mm-hmm. exactly what i think we're on to yeah and yeah. Uh, and that's why this is literally making history mm-hmm. this film is making history it's the first of its kind mm-hmm. to have published footage measurable footage of anomalies yeah right and is the first to take us into that conversation of wormholes portals mm-hmm. x points yeah space travel, time travel, mm-hmm. this is where this is going and, and that sort of technology. So it's exactly. huge. Yes. And quick question. So for the people who may be thinking, well, what if she was just looking at a bunch of satellites passing over? Have you, did you have the satellite tracker and the ISS tracker apps out to make sure you weren't getting it confused with, uh, you know, with the International Space Station or any other satellites that could be passing over? 
Yeah. So, so what happened was that's why I, I like to, to, re, to remind people that these are very hardcore scientists. So they're not going to, you know, look at it and come to a quick conclusion. So what they're mm-hmm. going to do, what they did actually, but they'll see it in the film. Yeah. Uh, so when we saw that, we're like, wait a minute, maybe it's, this is radiation. Maybe this is, uh, maybe this is not, we, maybe this is even a uh, flare, solar flare for mm-hmm. all we know. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we were able to look at all sorts of possibilities, mm-hmm. including are these satellites, are these, you know, re- radiation, maybe there's some sort of radiation that we don't know or something yeah. like that. But the thing is, you have to think, I mean, you, you see it in the, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was radiation or if it was something, you, you, you would see it everywhere. Like you would see it on the whole frame. You wouldn't right. see it in just this one little spot, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also another thing, these were stationary. Mm -hmm. It was stationary. They weren't moving, but so, so there was, they were not leaving any trail, any sort of motion. And when that thing closed, Mm -hmm. some of them came out of it. Yes. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, you know, they were really checking every single possibility mm-hmm. uh, to make sure it's not this, it's not that, um, you know, any random thing. And they check with NASA, they check with Fermi, Ernie, you know, like all these organizations yeah, yeah. that have all these satellites and all these telescopes pointing mm-hmm. at the sky. Right, right. That's great. So you did all your research there. So that can rule all that stuff out. That's phenomenal. That's exactly what you have to do. Because, you know, you'll get the people saying, oh, it's probably just some satellites passing over. What I from what I saw, I definitely would say they weren't they weren't satellites. And when I go UFO hunting, I take my app. You know, we have the satellite tracking app and the ISS tracker to make sure that what we're seeing. You know, I went UFO hunting with um, Jimmy Church in at Isetti Ranch in Washington State a few years ago. And we saw about 13 UFOs that night. And but again, tracking satellites, tracking the ISS to make sure what we're looking at through those infrared goggles wasn't anything that was ours. And what we saw definitely didn't register on any kind of national international database of technology. And we had to say, well, this is this is an anomaly. These things are anomalies and they're out there. And you went to Catalina Island, which I've been trying to go to for so long because that's a hotbed for UFO sightings out there. And also, Billy, these things were 13, 1400 feet up. Wow. So wow. that's very low for satellites. No, I, I don't know of any satellite. Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> th- this is not a group of satellites. At, yeah. I think it was between 1300 and 1700 feet. That's mm. like right there. <laughs> that's right there. That's super low. Yeah. I mean, because a typical aircraft will be, you know, if it's traveling distance, be 30,000 plus, right? Uh, and that's still not even that high. You know, I've been in air, airplanes that have been higher than that, but 30,000 is at least, you know, a good height for traveling. And if you talk about a thousand feet plus, that's nothing. That's, that's right what I'm saying. Us. That's like, right, like, that's right there. So that's the reason why, uh, it's, it's not satellites and they weren't moving in this way. So that's, that's, that's why it's, it's such a mystery, you know, mm-hmm. it's this anomalous, uh, yeah. event that scientists are still investigating. So yeah. that's Maybe. why it's, uh, we stumbled on something really, really fascinating. Yeah. You had a person in this, uh, movie documentary slash movie that uh, I really admire William Shatner. <laughs> I mean, just to, you know, this guy, I mean, I've been a Trekkie since I was a little tiny kid. <laughs> okay. 
you know, and I mean, I even know the first episode of Star Trek, they went to a brown dwarf star. I knew I know everything about Star Trek, um, which is ironic because when you research the ancient Sumerian tablets, you're talking about a planet named Nibiru that orbits a brown dwarf star, which is pretty interesting. But uh, I guess they knew about this stuff way back then. But how in the world did you meet William Shatner? <laughs> how did you meet this guy and get him in your movie? Yeah, so actually what happened, it was kind of a last minute thing, to be honest. Uh, we were okay with with the information, I mean, with everything that we had gotten already. Yeah. But um, it was kind of like, what else can we do to bridge the gap between mm-hmm. the whole sci-fi to the sci- science, which we were yeah. trying to do, and especially try to bridge the gap to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, how it all came yeah. about, and of yeah. course, I've you know had seen. I mean, I've, I'm on the same show, but uh, uh, I've met him before, and so his name came up, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's perfect." Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, and so uh, and and he's very much into mis- the mysteries, you know, space travel, obviously, but in mm-hmm. real life too, you know, other than because he's he went to space himself and. Mm-hmm. So I just thought if this is meant to be, it'll come about very easily. And just, I just made a couple of phone calls and it was just like, it just happened. (laughs) You know, we told, yeah, we told, I told him what I was doing, who was in it, what was it, what it was about. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, you know, So I was shocked uh, in a good way. But, um, you know, this whole project too has been so, I want to say like guided or whatever, because The way it came together, I had the idea a couple of Christmases ago, so mm-hmm. it's not even two years, I think. And um, yeah. and uh, I was going to do the sequel of Superhuman originally, okay. and then I had this idea: no, 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 do you a UFO movie? And by wow. March, you know, we had the whole team together. By mm-hmm. July, we were already filming. Wow. So by the time the conversation came to about William Shatner, mm-hmm. uh, we said, you know, again, if it's if it's part of this whole thing, let it happen. And it yeah, just, let it happen. yeah, yeah. So. The universe conspired and it just materialized because you put the energy and the consciousness behind it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I definitely think we were supported. In fact, you know, again, you know, as you were, you were saying, this was a, a huge undertaking yeah. And the more we were going at, you know, getting more and more involved and I was like paying all the bills and thinking, yeah. oh my God, what if like nothing happens? <laughs> you know, what if nothing happens? I mean, yeah. how many times you've been on UFO or ghost hunt or whatever and yeah. like nothing happens. Nothing happens. You can, nothing can happen. I mean, you, you really roll the dice, you know? Uh, yeah. So, um, man, hats off to you because that's a risk and that's a huge, you, you know, you have to have a lot of, um, I, I, we're on, I, I can't put this on TV. I can't use the word I want to use, but you have to have a lot of boldness inside of you because it's a huge risk doing these films. And, um, not just because of nothing happened, not maybe no sightings or maybe no data was captured, but even just the fact that maybe, uh, it wasn't the right time for people to, to get this kind of knowledge and information. Maybe you just didn't, you know, but it just so worked out for you that it is. But it's all this stuff is a huge risk, a huge financial risk, a time risk, something you can't get back is time. And people don't realize how much time it takes. You have to put so much time, sometimes years into these movies to get them done and out properly so that they can be at the level of the mainstream quality so that people can respect them. You know, and so, yeah, yeah it's just people don't know. It's just it just takes a lot out of you. 
Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's always at the end of production. I'm like literally like a nervous, <laughs> like, you know, because it just takes a lot out of you. Yeah, like we yeah. Say. But again, you know, like you were talking about, maybe it's not the right time. And you know, now I can mm -hmm. even more evidence mm -hmm. that this film had to be done when it was done. And I mean, look what's happening now with the congressional hearing showing these little clips. And then we're mm -hmm. coming out with this real raw footage, mm -hmm. you know, with, with huge scientific implication, yeah. uh, putting it out there as mm -hmm. the first civilian group ever. Yeah. So we're definitely contributing to the history, you know, to, of, of ufology of, you know, mysteries and of mm -hmm. the universe. And so that's the reason why in terms of timing, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, timing is perfect. Why do you think that the governments of the world, I have my own theories that I've talked about, but why do you think that the governments of the world, especially obviously the U.S. government who dominates the majority of the planet, why do you think they want to hide this information so close? Why do they really suppress this information and keep it away from everyone? Well, I think some of it, I mean, you know, they, 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 I'm sure they have some black projects, you know, that they want to talk. I get that part, but yeah. I think the biggest thing, I mean, it's a little bit what we were touching on, you know, because if they divulge, you know, one thing, then it's going to have to be another and another because people are going to be asking for more mm -hmm. until uh, they're going to have to hit a wall, which is uh, our, our how our reality is created. And mm -hmm. that, like what you are saying, even NASA coming up with, the, with this type of uh, measurable evidence that there is a way uh, mm -hmm. to travel through space instantaneously yeah. and do things like that. And that is a threat because it's the same technology that allows you to transport yourself from parts in the universe yeah. um, instantaneously that is also, um, that, that is at the base of free energy, mm -hmm. free communication, bypassing pretty much our current systems. And that is total freedom for the people. Yeah. And that doesn't work. That doesn't power. work because that will collapse the oligarchs Exactly. Who have their boots on our neck. <laughs> exactly. And that is why. So, you know, if they start to tell us a little bit, then, you know, people aren't stupid. They're going to, you know, it's going to be more and more. So that's why, you know, now I think they said if we don't, if we can't have control uh, over the narrative, well, let's start to tell the narrative the way we want to. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're talking about, um, you know, about aliens and the effect yeah. of radiate, you know, coming in contact with alien crafts and yeah. abductions. <laughs> yep. You know I mean? Like, like for them to, to release these types of reports and start yeah. using some of the terms that, you know, some of the things it's to kind of, to get us on their side yep. so that they get, to tell the narrative the way they wanted to unfold. Exactly. Exactly. You know? I mean, I've heard some crazy stuff. I mean, they've, they've uh, talked about uh, women getting impregnated, uh, UFOs almost colliding with uh, aircraft with, you know, uh, military aircraft. And, and I'm like, wow. Okay. So they're really, but they want to control that narrative. You're right. Because that's why we have now this space force. Uh, they want to be able to divert trillions of dollars into that for the purpose of doing all kind of covert black ops 
which primarily wouldn't have anything to do with, with saving the planet, primarily would be to be with controlling other countries and what they can and can't do from space. Um, and uh, and also running their own space program behind the scenes, their secret space program in which they can experiment and travel and do all the things that we would love to do, but uh, are not going to be permitted to do. Exactly. And so that's why all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, they're starting to talk about it the way they want to talk about it. Yeah. But you know what? They're not going to be able to. I mean, yeah. like, look, look, this is just one little example yeah. where the congressional hearing, they're saying, look, look, this is the type of footage we have. And we are civilians, you know, <laughs> we're like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the type of footage that yeah. you can get in exactly. five days, in five yeah. days, in five so, days, in five days. Man. So, you know, give me all the telescopes that you have and all mm -hmm. the radars and all the satellites that you have. And, yeah. you know, so so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it's going to work. You know, it's it's almost like uh, it's really going to keep coming from us, you know, the yeah. people to keep putting this information out there, this credible, credible uh, footage, credible yeah. data Mm -hmm. out there um you know until they have to be telling that i mean it's, yeah. it, it was ridiculous i mean it was embarrassing i was like what yeah it's an yeah. embarrassment of riches for them because you have all this high quality 4k data from red cams and and all these high-tech pieces of equipment these multi-spectrum cameras and so forth and and they're coming up with uh grainy black and white <laughs> dots you know like like uh, uh what was that old game on atari pong or something like that back in the 1980s so, you know, they don't really have anything comparable to what you have. And so once you and me and everyone else starts coming out with this high quality footage, eventually at some point they're going to have to say, oh, you know, well, um, you know, we have to show something a little bit better than this because they're capturing this with with technology that they can buy at the store. Well, not, yeah, I mean, our technology, you couldn't buy at the store, but yes, I yeah. mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, uh, for, for example, yeah, we did have regular night vision and things like that. But, you know, for just for people to know who haven't seen the film yet, uh, some of the FLIR cameras, yeah. I mean, are the military grade, you know, like at that level and more. Yeah. Uh, but the ones we had, uh, like, just to give an idea, each one is $50,000. And we had eight of them mm -hmm. uh, because we wanted really? to cover the entire sky. Yeah. So, you know, just think about that. Uh, that that is that is not something you can just pick up and go do an investigation. Not really, yeah, not really. Yeah. I mean, you have to have some funding, you have to be working on a project, but people like myself and others will start investing the money to do this. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. the idea. And I want to encourage people to start looking and collecting data at that level with that type of instruments yeah. uh, so that we keep going because we can't be waiting for them to tell us what what's real, what's not, how, how things work. Yeah. Uh, I think we're ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. We are the disclosure and you're doing a phenomenal job with that. Um, I saw somebody in the movie that I also have a high level of respect for. I've been trying to get a hold of him for years. Michio Kaku. Yes. Okay. I love me. He's a theoretical physicist, a best-selling author. Uh, he's done dozens of science shows, probably hundreds of science shows. He's been in hundreds of films. Uh, you got him in your film, which I think adds a lot more credibility as well. I know that he's, you know, he's a very respectable scientist and his, um, his agent is very picky. So the fact that you got him in this film says a lot. <laughs> yes, he's, uh, I told him, I had him on the phone and then I told him what I was doing. And you know, his, you know what he said? 
Uh, I said, so, you know, I want to do a scientific investigation and I want to go out and do, do it in real time, not like mm -hmm. analyze other people's footage, blah, 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 blah. And then he just blurted out. He said, it's about time. Wow. And so, uh, yeah. And he, and then I, 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 and then I made, when, when we filmed him, uh -huh. I told him, I said, do you remember what you told me on the phone when I told you we were going to do that? Can you say that line again? Because, <laughs> because it made my day. I mean, yeah. for him to say wow. that we need this, he's a, he's a huge famous physicist, yeah. you know, for him yeah. to tell me, it's about time that, that mm -hmm. someone is doing that. It was huge. Yeah. And he is such a pleasure wow. to film. Nice. He is nice. such a pleasure because he's he's so eloquent. Like he gives you like the best yeah. bites without even trying. Mm -hmm. uh, oh my God. He's definitely like my go-to yeah. person from nice. now on because uh, of all the qualities. And, uh, and like I said, um, what he thought about mm -hmm. what we were doing. Yeah. He gave me that much more, you know, like, Wow, you know, him to say yeah. it's about time. You know, he said you're making history. He said that. I was like, wow. oh god. <laughs> Man, that's huge because he's a living legend, literally. Like he's a living legend, you know. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm studying his work for so many years. And actually, part of his one of his bites, sound bites, is you know, something that I use in my own documentary, which is coming out soon, because he had theorized that um that there was a cloaked advanced civilization in deep space at the Boetus constellation, which is a big part of my documentary. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, this, he, he's just huge. And so congratulations for getting him in, in this, uh, in your, in your movie. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I was, I love working with him. Definitely. He's, uh, definitely top, top. <laughs> yeah. Have, through all your work and research in UFOs, have you seen any connections to ancient civilizations or the, the accounts that they've had left behind, like about Vamanas and people coming from space and flying images in, in different cave paintings and so forth, or what look like to be potential alien beings? Have you seen any connection between any of this? I think so much, not so, because I'm, I don't look so much into archaeology, but yeah. in terms of the stories and the myths mm -hmm. and, the, and the current cultures, mm -hmm. you know, as you go back in that way, I mean, there's always this common denominator that, you know, it's always being told that way. There's yeah. a portal in the sky yeah. <laughs> where, you know, and then there is extraterrestrial beings that come from the star that come down here mm -hmm. and for guidance, for help, for this or that, and that we came from the star. That seems to be like across the board, across the in, board. in all uh, those ancient civilizations, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, every single one that I've researched has a very similar story. And more recently, I was in Egypt and I went to uh, this place, which I'm calling the Halls of Amenti and those Halls of Amenti, but it's also known as the Serapium. Uh, but in Saqqara, and there's a gigantic sarcophagus there. It's not for sleeping in or putting a dead person in or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's got stargates etched into it all the way around. And uh, it's pretty interesting because these gates, and it looks like the same exact type of stargate that they depict Enlil, the ancient Sumerian god, uh, who's also was known as an Anunnaki slash Atlantean person. He would walk through a similar type of a gate. Uh, in ancient times, and he would. It, it said in the tablets that he would walk from Earth directly to his home planet. He said for, he oh, said I would walk from 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 um, Key 
directly to arrive. Key is Earth. So he would literally walk through this gate and arrive directly at his home planet and then walk back again. And the X point, the X point. Yes. yes right. Exactly. The portal. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. I think that is the mechanism behind mm -hmm. everything, all the mysteries, uh, all the, the whole paranormal Mm -hmm. world yeah. you know and that's the reason why um you know if we that that's kind of what i'm doing you know in my work uh people can go back and see those those grid patterns that i animated in the films and mm -hmm. and so so i think this will uh the more we use that as a theory at least just because we saw this commonality between all the stories you know mm -hmm. i think we're gonna i think we're gonna find and bring more evidence to that truth yeah and uh, that will be the base of of everything technology space travel not just not the technology just to fly around in space you know like oh we're gonna get to saturn you know overnight yeah right. or whatever i mean that's great but yeah. i think um like i said it's can because because all these points are in resonance, mm -hmm. then uh, I think there is technology that can bring, you know, energy to the planet using yeah. that sort of um, similar network. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, same with communication. Like right now, we're so happy with the internet. But the yeah. internet, you know, it's, yeah. it's not free. I mean, it's not, uh, not just that you're paying, but it's not Par, it's not a system, an organic system. Right. You know, you have to like go through cables yeah. and uh, human network, made up networks. Right. And I'm talking about a universal network mm -hmm. that allows this transfer point. This, yeah. And it's connected to consciousness. It's connected right. to the points in the brain. Yeah. I mean, we're talking next, next like, level intelligence. Yeah. Next level. yeah. yeah. When we tap into that, that's when we're going to really see a, a super golden age here, because like you're saying, there is this energetic grid that we're all plugged into. Even right now, we're all actually inside of this grid. We don't we can't particularly sense it because we're fully immersed in it, but it's all around us everywhere at every point. And we should be able to send, you know, instantaneous messages to one another, regardless of distance through quantum entangled thoughts and, and, and travel, you know, with just by the blink of an eye. But when we learn how to tap consciously and spiritually into that organic natural grid that you're talking about, that's when life is going to become so incredible. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that's the reason why they don't want us to know, because it's, it, we, yeah. it opens up, to, it opens us to a whole new way of being yeah. and, and it brings explanation to everything mm -hmm. remote viewing. Cause then mm -hmm. you could be at any point at any moment in time instantaneously. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, telepathy, you know, mm -hmm. synchronicities, all of it yeah. starts to make sense. Telekinesis, and all of it, yeah. All of it, all of it. I mean, I demonstrated telekinesis in my previous film, mm -hmm. long distance. Yeah. Long distance. So under uh, um, vacuum. Mm -hmm. So how mm -hmm. does that work? How can consciousness be somewhere else and do something? Yeah. You know, so so that's what I'm saying. This, and, and people will say there's not enough evidence. There's plenty of evidence. Mm -hmm. There's plenty. If you really, really look, there's plenty of evidence. And, um, you know, if you break the laws of the universe once, you don't have mm -hmm. to, you know, it's already a phenomenon yeah. worth exploring. You right. know? Absolutely. Incredible. 
Well, let's ask the, the, the viewers and the listeners right now. A few yes. See if they have a couple of questions and let's answer a few questions before we get out of here. This has been a great, great, uh, a great episode. I'm glad we got on here. I'm glad we got a chance for our bit from our busy days to join, jump on and, and share this information with everybody. And please, everyone, please go watch A Tear in the Sky. It's an amazing film by Caroline Corey. The website is atearinthesky.com. Uh, let me know if you have in the chat. Let me know if you have any questions here. Let me see if we have any questions. Somebody says Kingsley cases. I have a question. Go ahead and type the questions in so I can put it up on the screen and we can answer some questions before we get out of here. All right. Can meditation got. help in remote viewing? Do you want me to answer that one? Yeah, here we go. Got it. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I just saw it pop up like that. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So I, like I was saying earlier, I started out at a very young age having these experiences spontaneously. And I, it took me a long time to figure out of a, the best protocol to get back into the state of consciousness where you can access things, uh, with discernment and clarity because that's one of the problem. Our mind is so chaotic and nobody teaches us any of this, you know? So, so the first thing is meditation and not just any type of meditation. Meditation is great for you to calm your mind, to relax, but specific meditation are specific to achieve certain results. So if you want to do telekinesis or remote viewing, you know, it's a type of meditation that I created is called connecting to source. It kind of align your brain channels in a certain way. It makes you very, very focused and very clear. And um, that way you can reach all points in this grid patterning of space that Billy and I have been talking about. So it, it uh, it's on my YouTube channel. It's free of charge, actually. Go to my YouTube and, uh, you know, type in connecting to source. So you start with that specific meditation. And then, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a protocol. I can't just tell the whole thing, but basically you have to bring up all, uh, the belief system that are in conflict with what you're trying to do and really clear that. And then when you get to a very, uh, neutral, 100% focused space, that then you can remote view. So I, people can see that in my previous film, Superhuman, but I also have a class uh, that teaches you how to, go back and really, really do this protocol for telekinesis, for seeing with the blindfolds on. Remember, Billy, you saw that in my last film. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so if people are interested, go to superhumanfilm.com uh, for those types of training or my consciousness uh, film um, website, carolinecorey.com, if they're interested in more serious training. Otherwise, yeah. on my YouTube channel, there's quite a bit. Yeah. What is your YouTube channel name, by the way? They were asking. Uh, go to Omnia Media. Let's see if you can pull it up. Omnia Media on YouTube. Um, you can also put Caroline Corey Omnium. See if that comes up. Okay. Okay, cool. Perfect. And there was yeah, you have it on there. Oh, you don't have it on there. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it on this one. Yeah, I didn't have it on that. Uh, it was a PowerPoint I was playing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. but, but the link, but the link is all your links. Every single link from your website is in the caption of this video. Right. Uh, so everyone can uh, go to the caption of this video and click on all the links, all your websites for all your films and everything else. Uh, everything. Omnium's in there as well. 
Yes, exactly. At the bottom where it says social meet the icon, you'll see the YouTube channel takes you there. There's yeah. so much stuff. I have hundreds of stuff <laughs> that people can, uh, you know, look into and try. And the planetary grid animation is in there too. You, people mm -hmm. should check it out. Yeah, definitely. That'll be great. Chelsea says, since parallel dimensions have been proven true, why don't scientists talk more about that since we know we can loop from one place to another? Yeah, tell me about it. Again, Chelsea, that's exactly what Billy and I have been talking about. I believe this grid patterning system allows you to do all of that, to cross dimensions. Uh, I think like all these uh, visitors from different places, they're not all of them coming from another star system every single time. Most of them, I would say, are within our airspace, just in another dimensional spectrum. So we don't yeah. see them with the naked eye. And so, but through these points, they're able to kind of come through and we can see them and then go back. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Why aren't they talking about it? That's what we're trying to do, get yeah. them to talk about it. <laughs> trying to make, we're trying to get them to say, hey, look, there's yeah. enough circumstantial evidence here. Yeah, and in yeah, America, yeah. if you have enough circumstantial evidence in a court case, you can convict somebody. So we're saying we're convicting you, government. You guys have to look at this evidence. There's enough here. <laughs> okay. It's time to go ahead and show and prove and tell the truth. Um, this is a, a question I get all the time. The Muse says, do you think the government will stage an alien invasion? Yeah, you know what? Um, there may have been a story like this, um, a narrative that... And maybe they, they did and maybe they are. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you something. It's not going to work mm -hmm. for, for many reasons. First of all, again, we're ahead of the narrative. If you're really paying attention, we are ahead of the game. Again, just look at this congressional hearing. I mean, they're telling us they know this much. That's just not true. My yeah. film, the congressional hearing footage, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody can tell. So yeah. we know already what they're up to. So it's, it's not going to work because of that. Second, mm -hmm. second, there is, um, so much fake stuff, you know, like, you know, with AI right now, you, there is technology. You can create an entire film all. Yeah using AI, meaning all of it being virtual and, and fake. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying, I think they're using, they would be using that sort of technology actually. Um, and even now we don't believe the stuff that they're telling us. We don't believe. So I don't think it's going to work. You know, I don't yeah. know. What do, you, what do you think, Billy? I don't think it's going to work at all. I think that it's, uh, it would have worked maybe 10 years ago. Yes, Exactly. But now it's just too late. Too much information. I can go to restaurants and I can hear people talking about aliens, UFOs, UFO sightings at restaurants, just overhearing conversations. People are talking about esoteric wisdom, sciences. They're talking about spirituality more. People are getting away from um, religious beliefs and getting more into direct connection with the divine through spiritual connections. And so I think it's kind of too late to do a faked invasion. Now, what could possibly happen is they will take one of our own craft in broad daylight and maybe have it shoot at one of our own ships or something like that and say, Hey, it was aliens that did it. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to try to trigger whatever response fear, which then fear creates, allows them to create control. Yeah. So that's something that possibly could happen, but I'm just telling you, it'd be a lot of people would be pissed off and we're kind of really almost see right through it. You know, as another Gulf of Tonkin incident, how we fake the Gulf of Tonkin incident to go into Vietnam and all that. 
I think people are starting to really wake up to the history of these fake incidents that that are occurring, these false flags, as they call them or whatever. And they're saying, you know what, you guys, you can't fool us again. And I think enough of us now know and are aware of this potential fake thing that they could pull off. And I don't think that it's going to work at all. Yeah, exactly. And and they've done that before where, you know, in Vietnam and other wars where they would yeah. use the soldiers to, <laughs> to, you know, to test certain, you know, medications and drugs and things, you know, all kinds of, you know, the PTSD. LSD. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, LSD. I mean, we have evidence that they did things like that and they do do things like that, experimenting on people um, and on us, on our, you know, and they're on their own. So, I totally agree that this could be possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, this is great. Um, I'm trying to see if there's one more question. Let's see here if I have one more good question in here, and then we'll we'll wrap it up tonight. But thank you for coming on here. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my God, I could talk to you for so long. I mean, you and yeah. I just have so much to share and talk about. Oh, my yeah. God. We got to do this so again much. for you and yeah. me for sure. But this is such an important, such an important uh, mm-hmm. turning point, you know, juncture in this whole uh, narrative that uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very happy you invited me to do this. I'm so appreciative. Oh, definitely, definitely. Here's a rare question for you. Okay. Did the U.S. get their hands on the Iraq Stargate? If so, where is it? Oh, okay. So it's very interesting. This, to me, speaking of uh, ancient civilizations and things like that, Mm -hmm. Iraq and Iran uh, are the kind of the old Mesopotamian area, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and to me, at the time, that was to me the the main entry and exit point, the main X point mm-hmm. of the whole planet. You know how we were saying that yeah. each point takes you to, you know, to the moon or to the to Mars or something like that. And so that point, the Mesopotamian area, used to be the main hub to go to another, to all the points within the, the galaxy. Yeah. And so it was a very important, that's why um, it, it's still known for, like there's so many wars and so many things happening uh, in the area because on some level they know that having access to that area, then you have access to these entry and exit points. And that is the Stargate that he's, I don't know who, uh, Daddy, Daddy Gates. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, did the U.S. get their hands on the Iraq? I mean, uh, I don't think they, they did. Um, but, uh, I think they tried through this whole Iraq invasion, all of a sudden, you know, the whole, uh, um, massive of, you know, the, the weapons of massive dis- mass destruction and blah, yeah, that didn't this exist. Whole, yeah. This whole narrative was because right. of that. Right. It's interesting that, um, there was a device that was taken out of the ziggurat of Ur and it looked like you saw the movie Stargate, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looked similar, not exactly, but kind of similar to that. And so there's some military images uh, of this object, and it was put onto the back of a double-wide Humvee with a tarp over it, and it was taken away. Um, but there's, it's been hypothesized that potentially that could have been the WMD. It was a Stargate, maybe, you know, a gate to mm. maybe with some kind of ancient technology that they could have used. I mean, who knows? You know, we don't know, but it's theorized that that's what it could have been. It's pretty interesting. But that spot is, like you say, a hot spot. If you look at the Earth's magnetic 
grid <clears throat> and overlaid on top of Mesopotamia, which is Iraq and Iran and all those areas, you'll see all the crisscrossing and where the magnetic field whips out of the planet Earth right there. It's a heavy, heavy magnetic spot on the planet, a huge magnetic node, and which would be prime for anyone who has what the ancient Anunnaki Sumerians called the Duran Key, which was what they call a bond heaven Earth, so they can walk from one place to the next. Interesting. Exactly. And and the nodes, the, the magnetic field nodes, what you, you just mentioned, are those X points, are those wormholes. And yeah. so different points around the planet do different things. Mm-hmm. So the more concentrated the magnetic field is, mm-hmm. the more it's kind of like a, the, the more more powerful or bigger the star, the, the uh, portal is. Right. You right. know, and that's why, like, it's kind of like the big highway versus the smaller highway, this, you know, the right. side roads. So it's yeah. a little bit like that. And so that's why the Mesopotamian area uh, was huge with this major, major, major hub. But I want to tell you something. Yeah. That whole grid patterning system has changed, has shifted. Mm-hmm. The, for the past 200,000 years, I feel it's now a little bit in a different location with the uh, yeah. pole shift. Yeah. And so some of these hot spots have shifted. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, yeah. And, and that's why sometimes, you know, like some of the places that used to be very charged aren't as charged and yeah. new places are a lot more charged because they're yeah. right sitting right under or right above uh, one yeah. of these magnetic nodes. Yeah, you're right. For example, uh, north, magnetic north is not true north anymore. It's moved. As a matter of fact, yeah. magnetic north is now over Russia, and I think it's passing Russia now. So eventually, we're going to have a magnetic pole flip where magnetic north will be south, and magnetic south will be magnetic north. And it happens. You could track these flips in volcanic rock. So mm. every 20 to 25,000 years or so, magnetic rock, if you analyze the rock and analyze the magnetic field, it saves the field in the rock. You can see the flips that have happened in the past by the magnetic field on earth. So it's pretty interesting. You're right. It does move. Yes, it moves. And, and it has moved actually. And this also tells us, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the, the advanced civilizations know about this and they know where to appear. And, and that's the idea. The more we try to discover how this network of Mm -hmm. nodes and X points and stargates, um, how it is connect, how it works, um, the more we will be able to kind of predict where, you know, you would be able to, to have an encounter or have that sort of, a sort of experience or anything like that. And that's the idea that's, I've been doing this work. I'm, I mean, it's in my books, it's, it's in every class I taught Mm -hmm. planetary grid for years and years and years. And so now I'm finally, you know, meeting also people like you talking about it and, and having it, you know, partially, you know, in the film as kind of the, the introduction of that conversation, it's yeah. fascinating. I feel like we're finally on the brink mm-hmm. of unraveling, you yeah. know, m- showing what this network is about, how it mm-hmm. works, how it relates to our physical brain and our patterning, our physiological patterning as well, yeah. mm-hmm. and how it connects everything so we can use it. Uh, for technology and, and everything else. So it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's going to be, it's amazing. Everyone, please go watch this film, A Tear in the Sky. Go to a tear in the sky.com. And from there, you can find it where you can watch it based on where you are. 
it's an amazing film. And also, Caroline, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, again, for the film, etherinthesky.com, if they want to con- communicate with me, uh, there is a contact, you know, tab. They can send me information, you know, an email or something there. And all the social media, I'm on all the social media. Uh, make sure to refer to Billy Carson as where you heard me on P- Billy Carson as well, so I can remember you. And uh, if anybody's interested in a real training, you know, that sort of training, they can go to carolinecorey.com as well and email me from there. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm glad we took. Very, very soon. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Billy. It was awesome, awesome connecting with you tonight. Thank you. Yes, definitely. All right, everyone. Listen, that was another great pop-up episode of Forbidden Knowledge. This is going to also air on Forbidden Knowledge TV. Of course, right now it's streaming live on all these different platforms and channels, wherever you're looking at it now, but it'll be on Forbidden Knowledge TV as well. And don't forget, go watch A Tear in the Sky. You won't regret it. All right, everyone. Peace. This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.